0: Hey, we wanted to devote an entire episode to coronavirus and how you guys are surviving and how we're surviving. Welcome to 4Play Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson,
1: your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist.
0: And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other.
1: Our mission is... Is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. So, George,
0: you are in New York, and you might get stuck there. Tell me about what's going on.
1: Wow, certainly crazy times. I never thought I'd see something like this in my lifetime, but uh, yeah, this uh, is—it's a new, new world we're all living in.
0: It is. It's kind of scary.
1: It's absolutely scary, and you know, I, I've certainly experienced some disasters and uh, yeah. traumas and tragedies in my life, but this yeah, one is, uh, I have seen nothing like it before.
0: Yeah, the whole world affected, right?
1: Exactly. And people. I guess that's the hardest thing, it's just is not knowing.
0: Mm-hmm. People who are dying, and people are sick, and people are losing jobs, incomes. I actually had to lay off some people. It was terrible. I miss them already. I came in today, I'm in my office to podcast and like their offices were all all cleaned out and I just felt so sad. It's terrible.
1: And we don't know how, how long this is going to be. I mean, I think that's the thing with most disasters. There's a definitive Mm endpoint that you can look towards. It gives you some some light at the end of the tunnel and something mm-hmm. like this. It's just uh it's hard to see that. Mm-hmm.
0: It is. It's hard. Somebody sent out I think it was Chris Kesser. He's a health guy, and he sent out the Elizabeth Cooper Ross Five Stages of Grief. And he did it for the COVID nineteen time and he said, you know, denial is the first stage. It's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And he says at the beginning where everybody's saying, well, you know, this, is, this isn't a big deal. Everyone's overreacting. And then there's the anger stage where people are saying, you can't make me stay home. It's this person's fault or that group's fault. And then we're bargaining saying, okay, you know, I'll social distance for two weeks, but only if life goes back to normal after that. And then there's depression. It's like people feeling it's hopeless. Our lives are ruined. We'll never be happy again. And then there's the stage of acceptance. You know, this is happening whether I like it or not, so I have to figure out how to adapt to this.
1: So where do you think what you're, what you're
0: at? What <laughs> oh, I'm bouncing between denial and depression, I think. <laughs> where are you at?
1: I have no idea. I mean, I guess I'm trying to, to figure out, as even as I'm sitting here, what, what's different about this than so many other things. But I guess what's so different about this is the social distancing. I guess that's what – it's normally in times of stress that you turn towards the people you love the most. Right. Like I can't imagine leaving my mother alone, not being able to see her
0: right? Mm -hmm. Not
1: seeing your brothers and friends. And this is so weird because we're all just hunkering down with maybe one or two or by ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I don't think there's ever been a time on this planet where people have been so isolated and disconnected.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a big problem, big problem for family relationships and our friendships and just our soul, right? To not have that contact with people we love is awful. Right. And we... I'm a hugger and it's like, I can't hug anybody. Well,
1: I think before this happened, our society was already dealing with a crisis of connection. Mm-hmm. And we We're lonelier than any other time in the history of the world, mm-hmm. which makes sense why we're so then turning towards other things to connect, material things, addictions, ways of trying to feel good. Mm-hmm. And yet now we're taken at a whole nother level. So for me, that's the challenge of, a, of this virus. It's how do we use that time wisely? How do we, I guess there are only two directions to go with this. I'm seeing a lot of couples now online, right? Video conferences. Yeah, me too. Right. And it's either something like this shocks people into remembering what is most important and somehow they strengthen their relationship, or this already takes a very distant relationship and just kind of breaks it and takes it to the point of no return. Mm-hmm. So that's that to me, that's the challenge. How do we help our listeners, ourselves, the people we love to use this time in a wiser way?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have been seeing all kinds of jokes about that. You know, I love this person more than anyone in the world. And I'm about to kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So, what is your family up to? What are you guys doing to stay connected?
1: Well, I tried to have one of these family conversations with my wife and Two sons about the importance of connection, and, and all of a sudden, everyone's scattered into different rooms onto their <laughs> electronics. So, I'm not sure <laughs> how well we're handling it, but it's, it's a good idea. Yeah, it's just put it into practice. That's a little bit more challenging.
0: So, what do you want to see happen? Like, what what would be your ideal for your family?
1: Well, I think meal times have become more important. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of rallies together and has some conversations mm-hmm. game time taking a walk doing an activity together i mean even though there's still a lot of electronic time which everybody's mm. just finding their own way of soothing and coping and being entertained there's a lot more connection time in my family if you know the four of us locked in a house together mm-hmm. which i think's been a great a great opportunity in this in this crazy time we're in
0: mm-hmm.
1: how about you what's How have you been dealing with the time?
0: Well, we, you know, our kids are out of the home, but we traditionally meet on Saturdays for lunch. So one of the good things we did was have a Zoom meeting by lunch. And normally our son in Boston can't participate, but, you know, he came to Zoom lunch. So we sat and talked and just connected. It it was really no big deal. And I think the guys were still playing games while they talk to us or something. I don't know. You know, they they didn't they weren't looking at the camera. But, it, you know, it was still nice. It was nice to see them and hear from them. And I think it was nice to hear them support each other. You know, mm. all my boys get along really well. And they actually, even though the gaming thing is just out of control in my mind, they do talk every single day because they play together and – my oldest son has this group of guy friends, and my younger sons have kind of been grafted into the group. So, and I like all these young men really a whole lot. You know, I respect them, like them, think they're good people. So, even though they all play too many games, I know that my sons are involved with a group of people that they really talk to. And, and the other thing that they do is they have this sidebar, it's called the Poe Box. And it's, I don't, I can't remember what it's what it is represents, but they on Skype, they talk every single day on Skype together too. And they have they have a Po box, a bro box, so it's just the brothers, just the boys, they have their friends. And they truly discuss their problems with each other. Like I don't remember my husband didn't have that growing up where there were guy friends talking and they they talk about the women they're involved with. They they really, truly talk about difficulties. I know that there's been a couple really big problems. And I'm always asking them, what's the box say? <laughs> you know, and and so, so they're connecting. You know, So for them, at least that is not gone. That's kind of the same. It's,
1: it's funny, as you were describing what your sons are doing, I was thinking to myself how common that is for men to need a lot of time to want to go get into emotions. It's almost like the opposite when it comes to sex, right? Mm-hmm. Men want to laugh and kind of talk about superficial and kind of light. They want to enjoy each other, ease into it. And then when they're kind of safe, they, they kind of put their toes into the water of, of these deeper conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, I know my sons always tell me, Dad, well, can't you see this doesn't work when you come right out and you want to have, like, I usually <laughs> want to show them a video or kind of read them an article or something to just kind of immerse them into something deep. And they roll their eyes and they tolerate it, but they don't super engage.
0: You right. know, and this
1: is what my son told me the other day. He's like, can't you see the timing doesn't work? You got to kind of slip it into the conversation, right? It's, it's so funny because they're really talking about So often what females are looking for with foreplay, right? Just take your time, ease yourself into it. What do you think of that connection?
0: (laughs) I think that's hilarious. It's like your sons are like coaching you, shaping your conversation and saying, Dad, do it this way. That's beautiful. (laughs) And you want to just like boom, go there.
1: (laughs) I'm consistent with sexually and emotionally. It's the same conversation. Let's get into it. Let's just jump into it. Really? Are you an emotional pursuer too? I don't know. I've been a witcher my whole life, but doing this kind of work, talking about this all the time, I think makes you, you can change your patterns. With
0: your sons, you pursue them emotionally. Yes. Yes. Yeah. With your wife? Or is she more the emotional pursuer?
1: I think we switch roles. I used to be more the witcher, but like I said, I've I've evolved over time. That's what she likes <laughs> to say. Good.
0: That's good. I'm not good. sure
1: it's evolving. It might be devolving, but whatever. <laughs> Pick the words you want.
0: My husband says I'm much more patient. He says I'm a different person than I was 20 years ago, but I'm a patient person now. Well, I was not patient either in the beginning of my marriage, but I am pretty patient now.
1: Well, that's nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. I used to have a terrible temper, too. But I'll I'll tell you about that maybe after the next segment.
1: All right. Okay. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive?
0: So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of
1: time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com.
0: Hey, I want to let you guys know all about George. He's written and contributed to several books, and I'd especially like to draw your attention to his book, Sacred Stress, a radically different approach to using life's challenges for positive change. His book is about a mission on how you adopt new strategies and turn stresses into a positive force in your life. And who among us doesn't live with a lot of stress these days? We'll keep you posted as to all he's doing. But George and other EFT therapists all around the country and the world hold couples retreats called Hold Me Tight, which is developed by Sue Johnson, and it helps secure your own relationship. If you'd like therapy with George, find him at georgefowler.com. So anyway, yeah, there's been change in my life over many, many years of marriage. What are you thinking about? I know you went through 9-11, and I just saw those videos about... The, the people, I think it was in New York somewhere, and they were clapping for all the doctors and nurses leaving their shifts. I mean, we owe them such a debt, these people putting themselves truly in harm's way. And I was reminded of some of the stories that you've told with nine eleven You know, how are you feeling about this, watching this in your city again?
1: What is going on with New York being the ground zero for so many of these events? Dang, I know. Um, you know, it's been a a lot of mixed feelings coming up. I, I could relate to the uncertainty after nine eleven, not mm. knowing when the next attack would happen. We certainly mm. thought that was gonna happen and it it didn't end for months and there was always still fires happening. So it was very prolonged, which feels very similar to this. So I can feel the stress of that. Mm. And seeing these doctors people cheering and them dancing, all these different things going around, that brings back some of this lighter side of how important that really is. You know, Mm -hmm. being down at Ground Zero, being exhausted, not finding people alive, it was pretty depressing. Oh, my god! Right? But to have people cheering or giving you a bottle of water, those things really lifted your spirits. It really, to notice people seeing you and appreciate what you're doing, it really gave great energy. I can't tell people how important that is to thank the ambulance drivers and the nurses and the doctors, the people at the gas station or supermarkets making all this happen. People at the
0: pharmacy. I mean, people who are still giving you food. I mean, it's, they are truly in harm's way.
1: They're on the front lines of this one. That's what makes it so, so unique.
0: You know, just hourly waged people in the grocery store and they're still coming in they're stocking the shelves they're they're still doing it for us yeah if you're listening and you're doing that we are filled with gratitude for you thank you for all you're doing and you know i think too we have lots and lots of listeners and i'm sure some of them have lost people right you i mean i have not yet lost anybody have you lost anybody
1: not Particularly close. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's hundreds of firefighters that now have it. Mm. You know, you know, people that I know, but I haven't lost anybody. Yeah. But right. Unfortunately, I think it's a matter of time before every family is going to know somebody who's been impacted by this.
0: Right. Right.
1: As you were saying earlier, people are already losing jobs and selling homes, and, and there's such a huge ripple effect to something like this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. It's. It's really scary how do we grow from this, this experience? What do you think would be helpful to us to know? I know you've studied a lot in post-traumatic growth, not just stress, but in growth. What, I, I'm curious too, like how you grew after nine eleven. how did you heal and grow and what can we learn from that? Well, I think um, that's, today?
1: that's the good news and you have to be ready to hear the good news, right? If you can't see somebody you love who's dying, you're not ready to hear the good news. But at some point, the research is really clear on the difference between people who we all grow from an experience. We all change, I should say. A lot of us, a lot of people want to get back to life prior to the event, and that's not happening, Mm -hmm. right? People who learn to create a new normal, Mm -hmm. they're the ones that really do the best in any type of disaster. So Mm -hmm. if you look at research on post-traumatic growth, there are really five things that you can see happening all over the world when people grow from, okay. a, from an event.
0: I'm gonna write them down, tell me.
1: They talk about one, people find new possibilities, new meaning in mm-hmm. their lives. Things are not, and I think you see this happening people are taking the environment a little bit more seriously. They're, they're taking looking at how much do they actually need in their lives? Oh yeah. So, you know, Isn't that true? So, so I, I want to be a different person. Mm. You know, I didn't know this after nine 11, but for this now I'm hoping this process changes me. Mm. I want to look back and say, Hey, I learned to do things very differently mm. because things became more meaningful to me. I like that. Another thing, People find themselves growing stronger through the challenges and of adversity. They're literally being battle-tested, right? You you start to learn more about yourself. You're, you're more resilient than you recognize. That's you know, You lovely. can go yeah. without all these things that you thought were so essential in your life. Mm-hmm. I think we get streamlined and we like ourselves better when we're simpler. Mm-hmm.
0: We're being battle tested. That is, that's a strong metaphor that, that, versus being persecuted. <laughs> you know, we're being battle tested. We're being strengthened for the battles to come. I love
1: that. The third thing is relationships improve. People really recognize where this is the most important thing. We are made for relationships. That's why this one is so challenging because of the social isolation, mm-hmm. the distancing, but. Mm-hmm. After the event, people really start to prioritize their relationships a little bit differently. Spending time with their kids, their loved ones, their friends, their communities, synagogues, churches, you name it. But that becomes much more like not something they get to the, at the end of the day. It's it's an essential part of their day. Mm-hmm. right? It all. So can you see that now? That's what I'm hoping is people are going to really look at their relationships and say, hey, this was actually more fun than going shopping or watching that sporting event, mm-hmm. having those games with my kids or my partner, taking that special time, I think is how does it not start to light up what's happening inside mm-hmm. of us to start priming our nervous systems to want more of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fourth thing is people really ironically look back and they, they develop more gratitude about their life. Mm-hmm. They don't take it for granted. They start to mm-hmm. realize how much they have to be thankful for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's so that true. it's it's being thankful that just makes life. We take ourselves a little less seriously. We become less focused on how important we are, mm-hmm. right? It really helps develop a healthier perspective.
0: Yeah.
1: And the last one, it's is universal. Is people find themselves being more spiritual and whatever that looks like. Mm. I think there's so much anxiety and helplessness and loneliness that people are looking to connect. And finding mm-hmm. that connection in nature or with God. Really we it's want to be less of, part of something that's bigger. Exactly. And it's, it's less an idea us. and more of an experience. It more feels like, wait mm-hmm. a second, there is a purpose here. There's there's somebody that has mm-hmm. a plan here. That's mm-hmm. that's God showing us the best way of dealing with anxiety is in relationship, not on your own. Mm-hmm. So how did knowing that now makes it a lot easier for me to go into this event saying, look at these five areas I could really grow in. As opposed to after 9-11, I just had no idea what to expect. I was just trying to get back to life before 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. And there was so much struggle because I really didn't know what to look for.
0: Mm. How did you get healed? Did you, did you do serious work on that and therapy? And I know you're into all the body somatic therapies and stuff like that. Did you do any of that?
1: I did a little of everything i mean i think that was the opening up the resilience that i found you know that george prior to 9-11 i was pretty traditional and conservative and macho all of a sudden he was trying <laughs> reflexology you mean you're and, still not that <laughs> well i'm just a little bit more open and that's what we're it's all about those levels of engagement right it's, i have more things to engage with now oh, which is pretty that's cool lovely
0: that but I don't want to,
1: I really don't want people listening and think this sounds really easy. You know, this was years in the making for yeah. me to kind of grow from a lot of this. And if people would have told me right afterwards, oh, all these great things are going to happen, I would have said you're nuts and I wouldn't I would have been ready mm. to hear it. Right. But I wouldn't be here today talking to you if it wasn't for 9-11 and some mm. of those choices I made afterwards. Mm.
0: Mm. That's good. Also, since we are foreplay radio, sex, and couples therapy, it's so- a, Perfect time to uh, experiment, and you know you kind of stuck together. We've been posting on Facebook. I don't know if you know this, George, but on Instagram and Facebook, like different positions of the day <laughs> that people can try, just to give them a little bit of creative push.
1: I like it. I haven't seen that. I you could use a little creative like push myself. <laughs> I think that's part of the problem with these kids in the house, too. So, yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's the lovely thing about not having kids in the house. You're you're just wide open.
1: Don't One of the things that it. I am hoping to get out of this disaster is to have more easy conversations with my kids around sex. Mm. But I have to listen to what my son said and not push it. I have to wait for the right moment.
0: So I sent you a book. Did you see okay. that? I, I, sent I you a didn't book get on, it yet. I hope you get it while you're there. Some of the books I'll bet you Amazon has been telling me arrived to you. Arrive you know, you asked for me for a book, and I'm a pursuer, so I sent you like twenty.
1: All right.
0: But one of them is on
1: generosity.
0: (laughs) One of them is on talking to boys about sex, boys and sex. All right. You know, so like I, I thought that would, I'm really interested in your feedback about that. So, well, you guys, our hearts are with you. Our prayers are with you. The losses that you're facing, both with people and your health and your relationships and your jobs. We know this is a real tough time. We just want you to know that we're thinking of you, praying for you. Thank you for listening.
1: Yeah. And don't let this social distancing head you down the path of being more and more lonely. We can get more creative with technology today. We can find ways of reaching out. We are not designed to handle this much stress on our own. That's right. So please find ways for connecting. There's a million different ways of doing it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Pick up the phone. Absolutely.
1: And we're hoping a disaster like this highlights our true nature, which is to connect.
0: That's right. Okay, you're listening to Fourplay Radio. You guys keep it hot. And patient. And warm. And Fourplay family, I want you to know we had our highest download day ever thanks to you, our downloads are just increasing by leaps and bounds. We are so grateful for your sharing. Thank you again. Definitely subscribe. That helps our rankings in iTunes, which is important
1: for us. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. That's 833, the number four, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.